Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. It's Friday. Yes, it is. We're wrapping up another week on Text Talk, looking at Psalm 58. And what a psalm it has been. Boy, hasn't it, though? And, you know, like yesterday, we just hit imprecation head on. It's been very different than a lot of the psalms, you know, that we've talked about last season or this. And it's, it's you know, it's its own genre. It is its own genre. Deserves it some is, respect and some investigation. It's a tough genre. It seems to us, under Jesus Christ, having heard that prayer, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, to the people who were crucifying him, it seems like it's something that should be reserved for the Old Testament, but I, I really believe, as we said yesterday, that when I love God, yeah, I recognize that for those who double down in sin, who refuse, even in the face of Jesus going to the cross so they can be saved, yes, those who double down, there's a point at which I have to say, I love God so much that I want those who dishonor, who disrespect, who attack, who rebel, that they need to experience God's judgment. Well, and, and we know that uh, that we are taught and we are encouraged when we speak or when we sing psalms to one another. And so there's a place for this, you know, to, to teach us and instruct us, even in this new covenant. Things that were written before were written for our learning. That's right. And when mics were off yesterday, you even mentioned another example in the New Testament when Paul says anathema. Yeah, that's right. You know, those who preach another gospel, let them be accursed. That, yeah. That's, that's actually an imprecation. Let curses be brought down upon them because that's how much we love the gospel. That's right. Again, all of that is through the lens of wanting folks forgiven. Well, and there is no repentance or salvation apart from the gospel. So right. really, if you are against it, then yeah, anathema. Yeah. That's, that's what you're destined for, and you're leading people to it. In fact, if you've chosen to go against the gospel, you're choosing cursing because you're the only place where it. there is blessing yeah, is in the gospel of right. Jesus Christ, which makes me wonder, can we find Jesus in Psalm 58? Because well, that's what we try to do here on Fridays. I know we can on Fridays. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to read Psalm 58. I am going to read from the New Century Version, also styled the International Children's Bible. Honestly, because I just want to find out how they present this psalm for children. Psalm 58, NCV. For the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy a Mictum of David. Do you rulers really say what is right? Do you judge people fairly? No, in your heart you plan evil. You think up violent crimes in the land. From birth, evil men start doing bad things. They tell lies and do wrong as soon as they're born. They're like poisonous snakes, like deaf cobras that can't hear. They cannot hear the music of the snake charmer no matter how well he plays for them. God, break the teeth out of their mouths. Tear out the fangs of those lions, Lord. Let them disappear like water that flows away. Let them be cut short like a broken arrow. Let them be like snails that melt as they move. Let them be like a child born dead who never saw the sun. His anger will blow them away alive. It will happen faster than the burning thorns can heat a pot. Good people will be glad when they see him get even. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then people will say, there really are rewards for doing what is right. There really is a God who judges the world. Hmm. I'm quite impressed. I, yeah, I mean, quite I, think impressed. That, I think that's clear. I don't think they pulled any punches. No. I think they, they said it in terms that even the youngest can understand. And and one of the things that that says to me, we we 
in our modern day tend to look, especially at the Old Testament, we just like to look at those old stories as if they're just nothing but kids' stories. Mm. You know, these these are little right. children's stories, and we we beautify them and we dumb them down yeah. and we put them on nursery walls. <laughs> we, we paint them in precious moment style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than recognizing, and, and so I, I really appreciate this that uh, no matter how old you are, if you're going to read the Bible, you need to read the Bible. Amen. The Bible as it is, not yeah. the way we want it to be. Yeah. And then and then we've got to deal with that, and we've got to learn from that, and that's exactly what we see here. Well, I guess, uh, you know, you said a moment ago, do we do we find Jesus in this psalm? I, I think we do, but we I think we need to remember that there are many facets to Christ yes. and to the Messiah. Well, we don't find the precious moments, Jesus. Here. Well, it's not precious moments, Jesus. Honestly, you know, while I... Uh, certainly agree with you. It's set to the tune of do not destroy. There is a heart for God to see the the wicked repent. Yeah. Right? Uh, we're not seeing Jesus, though, as Savior uh, in this one, mm-hmm. or, you know, deliverer nope. of, of the wicked, or even of his people, really. No. Uh, in that sense, and saving them from themselves, or saving them from their own sins. Yeah. If there's a deliverance, it's the deliverance because judgment comes against the wicked. Yeah. And, yes. the, and the evil judges. God's people are not destroyed because the enemies and the wicked and those who subvert and pervert justice are destroyed. They are destroyed. Yeah. yeah. And so God's people are preserved. There's a reward for those who are righteous. Now, the one place I will say in, in that NCV version that bothered me was that rather than using the term righteous, they use the term good people. I caught that. We've read righteous all week. Yeah. And, and I, I like, I guess I like righteous just because I know from the New Testament and the scripture that I am only righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, not because I've done such a good job at being a good person. This is not good people versus evil people, and good people will get rewarded and evil people will get judged. This is forgiven people versus impenitent people. Hmm. And I think that's the thing we need to grasp. Penitent versus impenitent. Those who have turned their lives over to Jesus Christ, have turned their lives over to God, have found life in him because God has made, by the blood of Jesus Christ, made them righteous. So it's not, I'm a good person, therefore I get rewarded. It's, I'm in Jesus, therefore I've been made righteous, and there is a reward for those. But those who refuse to turn to Jesus have doubled down in their sin, continued in their subversion and perversion of justice and and law and God's will and God's glory. Then there's judgment. In fact, that's the Jesus we find here. Yeah, and so in the psalm, you've got the righteous people who have been suffering at the hands of these wicked judges. Mm-hmm. And finally, God is going to deliver them. Uh, and it's going to be his vengeance. At least that, that's the way verse 10 is rendered in in uh, the New King James. We know that vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay. Yeah. Here's one of those psalms that talks about that. Exactly. I do think that, that, that's one thing that, we, that I forgot to say yesterday as we were really hitting imprecation head on. I think it's important to note that David doesn't himself go out and break their teeth. Right. David doesn't himself go out and make them disappear like water that runs off. Uh, David, he brings this to God, Yes, which, which ties into your point earlier in the week about it depends on the seat you're sitting in. If you're sitting in the seat of the oppressed, if you're sitting in the seat of the one who has been unjustly judged, then when judgment finally comes on those who have oppressed, on those who have distorted God's image, on those who, by not behaving like God, have mistreated you yeah. and have hurt you and have hurt your family and your loved ones and distorted your God— when you're sitting in that seat, when the judgment comes, it's a different picture. 
then when you're the one who's been doing all those things and now judgment has come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great point. And, and that's the, the aspect of Jesus, the Christ that we're talking about today, that while he came before as Savior to the world, when he comes again, it's going to be judge over the world. Judge Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's who we find here. We don't find little baby Jesus in the manger. No. We don't find little toddler Jesus waiting in the house for the wise men to come give him gifts and worship him. We don't find adolescent Jesus at the temple talking with the elders and demonstrating wisdom behind beyond his years. We don't even find adult Jesus teaching among the people and showing healing compassion and, and miracles. Healing. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other thing we don't find. We don't see Jesus on the cross here. No. We, we don't see it. What we see is Jesus coming in judgment. We see the white rider from Revelation 19. Here's what it says in Revelation 19, beginning at verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God. Then the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I I just remember that uh, earlier we, when we were talking about the tune, Do Not Destroy, we had read from Isaiah, I think it was 65, mm-hmm. And uh, there that do not destroy the grapes because in them is the blessing. Yeah. But uh, here you have, no, no, he's going to tread out the <laughs> and he's crushing it tread all. Tread the winepress of the fury yeah. of the wrath there, There's no more uh, of God. maintaining anything now. Uh, of course, Revelation was written in the context of a severe persecution where Christians were being fed to lions, where mm-hmm. Christians were being... Uh, executed, martyred, crucified, burned alive. You can understand yeah. why uh, in in the face of that, the imagery of the victorious Jesus is one of a conquering king who comes and pulls off this kind of vengeance against what was being done to the Christians. Yes. Uh, so, so the picture here measures up to what the Christians were experiencing. Yeah, absolutely it does. Which, which is probably one of the reasons we struggle with this, because we're not experiencing that. And so when we hear this language, that seems like a bit of overkill for what we are experiencing. Yet, what we have to understand, just like adultery in the heart, lust in the heart is, well, it's committing adultery in the heart. Just like that, hate, uh, insult, reviling of Jesus, of his will, of his people, that is, well, that's fighting against God. Yeah. That is attacking God. That is taking up arms, even if only verbally, against God. And there are other places in the world where people who profess to be believers really are suffering these kinds of physical hardships. I mean, if you follow some of the work done by the Voice of the Martyrs and other organizations like this, you find out that there's terrible physical persecution harm. Sure. Uh, being committed in places in Africa and Islamic nations and places like that. And, and folks who are experiencing that intensity probably don't have as much trouble hearing these. No, I think they'd be reading this every night. <laughs> They're like, okay, I know it's going to happen. Look at what I'm going through, but I Maybe know God. tomorrow. Maybe I know, tomorrow. I know there's a just judge, and I know he's going to do what's right. Yeah. Paul, in 
excuse me, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, talks about the Lord Jesus who will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Look, we struggle with this Jesus, but we have to understand this this is Jesus. Well, and, and in that same passage in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 6 says, It is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give the troubled rest. And so part of his vengeance upon the wicked is about a salve, is about a, a relief for the people who've been suffering at their hands. We need to remember that Jesus is, uh, in all the things that Jesus is, and there's other pictures and facets, like you pointed out earlier, as we look at various facets of Jesus. This is just one, right. but it is a facet. It is a real facet. It's it legitimate. Is, it, is, it is truth. Jesus is the conquering king. The first time he came, he conquered sin and death and Satan, and we love that. Yes. What we need to understand is that in his return, he will conquer those who have, despite all that, preferred sin and death mm. and Satan. Mm -hmm. he, he came once to save us from that. And if what we say is, I don't want to be saved from that, then we are going to be left up to that. Yeah, and judge the, for that. The thing is, is that far too many of us don't realize that's the choice we're making. We, we think the choice we're making is, well, I just want to go my own way. Look, I'm just, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm not rocking any boats. I'm not hurting that's anybody. That's a great point. But we need to understand exactly what choice we're making there. Yeah. When, when we choose against Jesus, even if we think that all we're doing is just, hey, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just hanging out. Why can't you chill out about this? Wait, no, what I'm doing is I am choosing against yeah. the salvation that has been offered. He conquered sin and Satan and death. If I decide I want to hang on to sin and Satan and death, then I'm going to be conquered along with them. Yes. And that that's... We've got to understand this is part of Jesus. This, mm -hmm. this is who Jesus is. Judgment is coming. And we need to share that. We need to share all that is Jesus with our friends and our neighbors and to be mindful and convicted about that ourselves. And when we are in places when we are suffering at the hands of, of, of the wicked and whatever that persecution might look like, we know that our Lord is aware and he will return. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Text Talk today. Uh, send us an email with what you're learning from Psalm 58, Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. We'd love to meet you. Love to see you this Sunday at Livingston. Visit the website, www.ChristiansMeetHere.org, for directions and service times. Uh, until next we meet, let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today and for this week. Thank you for the time that we could consider and, and, and work with this Psalm 58, this imprecatory psalm. And we are mindful, Father, certainly of your view when there's miscarriage of justice and when there's corruption and partiality. And God, we, we want to confess. If that's going on in our hearts, confess it. And pray, Father, that you would seek that out. Forgive us of those things and reshape our hearts that we might love your justice, love your word, love your way. And Father, we thank you for the comfort that actually we find in the strong words of this psalm, the comfort that we know that there is a reward, Father, for the righteous, and truly you are the judge. And so we entrust ourselves to you to do what is right in all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. 
check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.